can't you just cut it out, can't you? Yeah. Oh, and you can swear as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah Phil. Just I was thinking that. I don't, I, might, I don't know if I will or not because I normally swear <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah, but that's your brand. But just be yourself. I yeah. like that. Yeah. We'll I mean, don't overdo it. Don't see one. And your business can't outgrow you. If you're a hundred grand startup and you think like a hundred grand startup, guess what? You'd do well to get over a hundred grand. Welcome to another episode of Business on the Beanbag. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined today by co-host Tom. Hello. And we have the very wonderful Matt Bull from Action Coach joining us today. Thank you very much, Matt, for coming on the show. Absolute pleasure. How are you? Very good indeed, thank you. Very good. And what are you here to talk about today? I'm here to talk about the world of business and life. Oh, love it. Ominous. Mystical. Ominous. So do you want to give the listeners a little bit of a background story um, about you, about your experience and your, your journey up until this point? Yep, so um, I'm MD currently of Action Coach in Loughborough. Uh, we're a business coaching firm, so we have business owners from startup up to uh, develop businesses, and we work with them to help the business owners really get the life they want. So business growth, business strategy, marketing, sales, finance, all of that good business stuff, but most importantly, absolute passionate as an organisation about helping people realise the life they want to lead. Um, by way of background, briefly, uh, qualified as an accountant, um, having left university with a degree in business studies not really knowing what I was going to do ended up doing accountancy as I say doing corporate recovery and insolvency so helping businesses that had either gone bust Mm -hmm. or were going bust and realized that actually I wasn't that good at numbers um, to make a proper (laughs) career out of it Uh, but but by dealing with um, those types of situations I became really passionate about the impact that uh, business owners can have on people and leaders can have on people clearly a very distressing time for a lot of people but I realized actually with the right level of um, engagement I suppose you could really get good results from people okay. hence the transition towards becoming a coach mm-hmm. have you found that transition it's been interesting it's been interesting I think for a, like a lot of business owners that from the idea or the concept to going through reality was was it was a journey I was 30, I think 34 or 35, I'd left PwC and done a couple of years uh, with a retail design agency, which is great experience, traveling around the world working for them and uh, wondered what was next. And I had a coach at the time Mm -hmm. and I was young, dumb and whatever and thought, (laughs) right, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to become a coach as well as have my third son and sell my house and renovate a house. So, uh, yeah, big learning in those first couple of years. Big learning in those first couple of years. Generally, um, without blowing his own trumpet, um, I would not be here. It actually wouldn't be a thing right now without Matt um, over the last sort of five years we've worked together. Probably a little bit longer, actually, didn't we? Because mm. we, we met when I was in recruitment and... Um, you, Matt was actually my second placement, put you into Travis Perkins. You did. Um, <laughs> that was quite funny because that was part of my journey of setting up a business and going, right. oh God, I haven't got any money. <laughs> how, how do I get some money? So I was trying to grow the business and I spoke to Tom at Matt, uh, then he said, I can place you three days a week doing some finance stuff. So I had to sort of go back to the old, it was oh, okay. like digging out the old toolbox yeah. just to, to go and do that on a day rate three days a week whilst trying to grow the business wow. in the other two. So yeah. yeah. I still remember that beard like it was yesterday. Uh, yeah. I love that about Max they made you take candidates out for beers when you uh, placed them and stuff and mm-hmm. 
I think we sort of blossomed from there, didn't we? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I still remember the call from James Taylor saying, oh, you're not getting your bonus anymore because Matt's coming to work for us. It's <laughs> like, well, <laughs> swings and roundabouts because I get to pick his ear every time he comes in the Leicester office. That's it, it's all that's good. it, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's a small world. Very it's small a, world. A really yeah, yeah. small world. Tom won't be sitting here now, won't be doing what I'm doing now if we hadn't made those decisions mm-hmm. in our mid-30s or whatever to go, do you know yeah. what? There's a little bit there's something different or something more that I want out of the way I work and mm-hmm. out of my life. And that's kind of what I, th- I think being a business owner is all about. And why I, whenever I'm in front of business owners, I acknowledge them so, so much, mm. respect them so much because it's not the easy way. Yeah. It's yeah. not the easy okay. way. And sometimes business owners at the start think it's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And when they realize it's not, then actually that's the biggest mm-hmm. realization you can ever have. And it kind of makes it easier from there. Do you think there's a turning point? that you go actually i'm just going to do it it's now or never i don't know if there's a turning point or such i think there's a question i often say to people about anything and it's like when's enough enough like you've got yeah. to have your you've got to have your minute and it can be about anything mm. it can be about a decision such as that about a job mm-hmm. it could be about working with a client it could be about an employee and a team member and often as part of the coaching i'm talking to people and I, I, they know i'm going to ask the question eventually i'll say look when's enough enough when's your line because that's the reference point then. And, some, and sometimes you just know. I mean, I, I had been within me for quite a while. I wouldn't say I was borderline unemployable, but I'd realized pretty quickly the structure of the organizations I'd been in, whilst amazing organizations to be, and amazing from a development perspective, yeah. the idea of freedom, of decision more than anything, forget the location and geographic going where you want, but the freedom and being in control is something that I realized that I valued very heavily in, in how I wanted how I wanted to operate but also who mm. I wanted to be and how I wanted my life to be and that's not an easy thing to come about that's sort of having to explore and dig deep and have mm-hmm. the low patches and mm-hmm. do some reading of some stuff that you, you realise is not relevant in any yeah. way to you get to a point where you form a view of, of the world and how you want to be and then saying actually I'm going to go for it and I was very lucky along the way but I had good people around me who I found yeah. who kind of went yeah if you want to do it you can make it happen yeah and that's, I think that's the same. I still say yeah. that to this day. If you want to make it happen, you can make it happen. Yeah. If you choose not to, it's a yeah. choice. Yeah. What would you say is the sort of the biggest perk for you personally about being, you know, a business owner, if you like, being in control? Um, for me, this is this person, it's the relationship I've got with my family and my kids. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I was walking with um, somebody the other day, actually. And we we're just talking, it was the start of the year, we we're talking about businesses and everything. And I kind of said, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a chance probably my business could be a little bit bigger than it is now mm-hmm. I said but my eldest son is 14 so my wife's a nurse so mm-hmm. set shift so every Monday and every Wednesday since he was born Natalie's had to go to work mm-hmm. on a, and leaves early half six yeah. in the morning whatever so I've had to be take him to nursery take him to school yeah. and pick him up and that's been the same same for the last 15 years so I've got three yeah. sons now so no one can ever take that away from me. Uh-huh. So that, and I wouldn't have been able to, even when I was at, at PwC, I was on secondment at Canary Wharf when Lehman Brothers went bust. I was leaving there at half three to get to the nursery at six. Now, mm. I could have just stayed away the four nights and sorted something out, yeah. which is not what I wanted it to be like. And mm. I, that for me is huge. Now, yeah. other people have their own things like earning money and all that, and that's great. And don't yeah. get me wrong. I like a nice holiday, pair of trainers, that type of stuff. But you can't. No one can ever take that away from me. Yeah. And that's that's the benefit for me is being able mm. to do stuff like that. And it's oh, it's it's you know it's a nativity play. It's sports yeah. day, and I just go okay. I'm going to it. 
uh-huh. they don't have to put a holiday request in yeah. or <laughs> don't have a set amount of holidays or anything yeah. like that so yeah. it's it creates with itself an obligation to operate effectively yeah sure. kind of that freedom and choice doesn't come without obligation mm-hmm. but i don't work in the evenings now it wires me up a bit too much mm-hmm. so i used to do kind of think oh you know if i've left early to pick the kids up i'll catch up between eight and nine but i found actually it didn't it didn't work for me um I struggle to switch off after it. Yeah. So now I just structure my week and how I operate in a way that enables it all to happen. So it's a bit of delegation involved in that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, there's a bit of it's a very technical phrase of, of stopping doing stupid shit, <laughs> which which a lot of business owners are really yeah. good at. Yeah. And I'm working with someone I see within the first two weeks when they tell me what they do with their time. How come you've not fixed Tom yet then? (laughs) (laughs) Some people, you just, you know. (laughs) It's a lost cause. So yeah, it's it's sort of having to, you know, be be my own coach sometimes and just go, Mm. actually, what am I I spending my time doing that for? You've still got to practice what you preach, haven't you? Yeah. I see a lot about what you talk about online is freeing up that time, especially at weekends, family time, you know, managing it effectively so you can do that. So I guess you have to do that every week. Yeah, and it's, I do. I read. A, I read a lot and watch a lot, and I'm very interested in. I'm always interested in the crossover between business, sport, right, and military, mm. Mm. and the way those those tricks. They're they're all very much. You know, you think about there's an end goal, there's a bigger mm-hmm. picture vision. It's your tactics day to day that deliver the end result and all that type of stuff. And actually, no um, professional athlete who is trying to achieve, say, Olympic gold would operate in the way that 99% of business owners operate. Okay. They would okay. not go flat out for 60 hours a week, mm. which is what business owners do. Okay. They would go hard, but then man, they recover. Mm. That recovery is, is as important, if not more important than the exertion itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's about being um, impactful and effective with what, how a business owner operates, as opposed to the amount of time you put in. And it's it's not about there's hard work involved. Don't get me wrong. And sometimes you got to like go. I've got to do this stuff that um, you know maybe I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. But actually realizing that it's not about how much you work. Mm. It's, it's just such a when people realize that mm. it um, it makes it so much easier. It makes it so much easier. So with that then, what as like a maybe a startup or even a, a business owner is feeling like a bit of a busy fool. Like what would you prioritize and what would you delegate? I know that's probably very specific to businesses individually but yeah. the basic questions that i'd ask somebody is you know what are you really good at that, that kind of no one else can do in this mm. business and there'll be certain things that virtually any business owner will, would say actually do you know what when when i get out on site i can look in a building and know how much it's going to cost on it like, almost instinctively yeah and then you say so how much of that do you do and they go well like one one a month <laughs> so like, what do you do for the rest oh i'm like doing the wiring or doing the plumbing it's like well, you can pay someone else to do that. So <laughs> yeah. it's the stuff you're really good at and the stuff that no one else can do. That's normally what we call the most value to the organization. And it's about getting the individual doing that. You know, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of business owners, by they've evolved into being a business owner because they're really good at something. Yeah. It could be anything, mm-hmm. really good scaffolder, really good marketer, really good whatever it might be. Yeah. And they end up suddenly they've got this business that, that, that sort of has grown out of nowhere. And it, with it comes all the other stuff, as mm-hmm. we, you know, technical word, but stuff, you know, oh, you, I've got to do taxes. I've got to do some accounts. Yeah. I've got these people now that want developing and paying and, and there are, <laughs> it's, 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 it's crazy. So yeah. get someone else to do that. Get someone else to do that. But 
unfortunately what these businesses grow around the owner and there's no detachment yeah. there's no detachment you know we we say to people you know the if you, if you had a rental property you wouldn't go and live in it right it's an asset that you own mm-hmm. to deliver a return but most business owners like live in the rental property and try and manage it and overfill it with people and just yeah. create this sort of mad ball of stress that they don't enjoy in any way and they work their asses off for 40 years and at the end of it they go well what's what's left out of all of that mm-hmm. so what we try and do is say, actually this thing you've, you've built an amazing structure or, or basis for, for this asset that could work without you because when it works without you guess what you get you get freedom and choice and you get your time back mm-hmm. and you get to go well i've done 40 years of work there's a thing maybe i'll live off the income maybe i'll sell it who knows mm-hmm. But too many just get so wrapped up in the day to day, and there's a bit of psychology stuff in there as well about identity and yeah. actually what do I do if I didn't do that. Yeah. So we we try and help people realise a different way of operating and thinking. Mm-hmm. What about those smaller businesses? So like your your startups that don't necessarily have the financial means to employ other people to do that, and they're risking burnout and that kind of thing. Is there anything that you would say to those or guide them with? You know, you, I'm thinking like your one man bands, your startups. I always ask people why they're doing it. Mm. So there's a, for some reason, um, there's a degree of uh, allure almost, or it's a shiny thing to be a business owner, yeah. you know, especially during lockdown. It created a lot of time for people. Obviously, with with the internet and everything like that, there's just like, oh yeah, I'm going to set up a business and and I'm going everything's going to be better than it kind of was. Grass is greener type stuff. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, make that decision without an awareness of the reality of it. Now, do you ever know? I don't think you do. You know, you sort of, we all have our own risk sort of facts, you know, risk levels, and sometimes mm-hmm. people are 50, 50, 60, mm-hmm. 40, whatever. But from a startup perspective, I just talk to talk to people who've been through it and get some support. Yeah. Get yeah. some support to help you do it because the majority of startups I speak to, they are really good at what they do. Yeah. They, they create the business and then they kind of go, I'm here and they talk to the 10 people they know yeah. and they all go oh that's great yeah we'll give you a call and suddenly yeah. they're like oh you know where, where you know how do, oh my god like yeah you know i've still got bills to pay still yeah. got mortgage yeah holiday whatever and i'm you know invoicing two pound 80 a week doing what i do or whatever mm-hmm. so i think just that that awareness um of of how to do it mm-hmm. be around other people who've done it um you also need to be a little bit um I was going to say tapped, but that's probably a little bit of a strong <laughs> no. But you have, you know. I yeah. think there's there's a couple of screws loose somewhere. If people, if people knew what it was like growing a business, and you actually knew what it was like when you're, you know, awake early in the morning. You know, I've been there. I'm mm. not, you know, okay, I'm a coach, but I'm still like growing a business and still mm-hmm. had, you know, things that could happen along the way. You know, when it's you're worried about cash or you're you're worried about where it's going or yeah. we hear the noise out there in the economy about what's going on. Yeah, you you got to be pretty strong to get through it, yeah. and um, yeah. for a lot of people, it's just not right for them, mm-hmm. and that's why most businesses go bust after <laughs> twelve months, and they do. Yeah. But do you have any like worries? You know, with with altitude and how quick it's growing, and do you um, everything that sort of keeps you up? Or you think, mm. yeah, like quite a few, to be fair. Um, none that I should probably tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's always there's always the element of cash. You feel like you're always chasing money. Yeah. No matter what, yeah. um, you can set the best processes up. You can have go cardless. It's still someone at the other end has to pay the bills yeah um for me it's about the sustainable growth Mm. um and Mm. 
me and Vex are out there saying all these amazing things about how marketing should be done. And then we've got to make sure that that then gets delivered, which yeah. 99% of the times it does. It's occasionally things fall through, which is going to happen, but it's making sure we get the results. And when people leave, the hardest part of being a business owner is to not take it personally. Or if something goes wrong, understand it's not your personal fault that that has happened, but you do take it so personally and you want to go rip the, the heads off. <laughs> but these, these things happen. I think that's a big challenge for me sometimes. Just remember it's not, it's not about you. It's yeah. it's how you deal with it and make it right and move forward and learn from it. If I ever leave, I'm going to get you a card that just says, sorry for your loss. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tom's right though. I mean, reliable lead generation mm. is is probably the number one thing that I, you know, I, when, when business owners can fix that, that I always say that's a, that's a sleeping pill for a business owner. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that keeps them awake at night thinking, when's this, when's this, when's the next one coming in? Yeah. And if the cash bit, yeah, I, th I think you're right. But from from a knowledge perspective, a lot of businesses don't understand enough about cash. They come to me and go, Matt, I've got no cash. I'm like, how much are you owed? Like, well, I'm owed 10 grand. Have you chased it? No. Well, <laughs> wouldn't that be better in your bank account? Mm -hmm. How many quotes you got out of the door? I've got about 15 grand out the door at the moment on quotes. Have you followed them up? <laughs> no. Okay. So you know, if you're worried about cash, Focus on the cash. Yeah. Don't just yeah. don't just sort of complain about a symptom. And that's a real mindset shift for a lot of business owners. Mm -hmm. Is we call it sort of getting above the line. It's like let's not complain. You're allowed to complain. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to go. It's a bit shit or whatever. But what you can do about it. Yeah. And I'm sort of pretty ruthless with that. Mm -hmm. I'll sort of you know if people are going through those types of challenges, Tom will know like a weird sort of coach's smile comes on my face <laughs> and he's like oh, i hate it when you do that and it's, <laughs> and it's because that's where the, the growth comes from yeah and it's i can sit yeah, here yeah. and say it's, it's sort of obvious oh, i've got no cash well, well look where the cash is and what you need to do to get it in yeah. but when you're in it and you're the business owner and yeah. you've, you're having the sleepless nights and you're worried about it, you can't see it and that's fine yeah. you know no one's expecting anyone to be perfect yeah so really i think yeah that the lead generation and, and cash are probably the number one things that that, that keep those those startups and any business owner um, awake at night. Is your smile the one that you just mentioned a little bit like when a dad says to his child, "Don't do that," and then they do that and they get hurt? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Now, when when someone comes in and goes, "Oh, you know, Deirdre's left." No, no, I don't. No one called Deirdre, by the way. But Deirdre's <laughs> left, or Deirdre's not performing. Deirdre's the best one. Deirdre's not performing. And I'll say, "Okay, who recruited Deirdre?" And they'll be like, well, I did. Okay. Who inducted them? Well, I did. Who manages them day to day? Oh, I do. And it's Deirdre's fault. She's not performing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. So next time I'm struggling, I can blame you. <laughs> like, yeah, you've got to get out of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving away the secrets here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to come see you more often. <laughs> I knew this was dodgy territory. <laughs> I think we need some one to ones. <laughs> So um, what was the biggest thing that attracted you to business coaching in, in and of itself? It was a, it's a big shift from accountancy to coaching. I think it takes a particular kind of person to go into coaching. You have to be very personable. You have to have certain qualities. What drew you to that? Um, so I was always quite entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. So at school, I had various businesses. I used to sell sort of cadet force kit. And so I always had lots of businesses at school until they kind of got shut down. None of them were illegal, by the way. Um, <laughs> this is like you'd buy a 60p so, can of Coke, sell it for a quid. Yeah, yeah. so I yeah. literally used to, there was an army surplus store in London. There was like one of the only ones. So there's Irish in town, obviously. And I got the paper brochure 
tipexed out the prices and wrote my own prices on it. <laughs> I used to go into, if there's any photocopy that needs to be done at school, right? I'd put my hand up. You'd go in with the slip that would say 10 copies of, you know, the French homework or whatever yeah. it was. But then I'd stick the brochure in and hit like 50. <laughs> right? I'm getting my stuff done that way. And then give it out to all the, all the CCF. So, and then suddenly like at school, like eight boxes would arrive of, of kit. <laughs> I'd like get it home somehow and then bag it up and, and sell it to people. So I was, I was always doing stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I didn't know what I wanted to do at uni, to be honest, but I knew I, I did business studies because I was like, well, I, I, you know, I look back and actually I went to uni because everyone else did. Was mm -hmm. it the right yeah. thing for me? I don't know. No regrets though. I wouldn't be sitting here now if I hadn't done it. Mm -hmm. But um, it probably wasn't the right thing for me to do. Just literally, I, I, I figured out on the first week that if you didn't go to the lectures or seminars, it didn't matter. Which is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Right? <laughs> right. I kind of need a bit of structure, and, a yeah. bit of, and especially when I was nineteen. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'd go on, print off the slides, and I was looking at it. Oh, I can do that. So I didn't go. Went out a lot, um, and then got a placement year. Though got okay. a placement year, which was part of the course. And in those days, I knew um, somebody at KPMG, it's another accountancy firm. Rang them up. Need a placement. Come in on Monday, we'll get you going. It was that. There's no process, no application wow. process. So in those days, you could kind of get away with that. Yeah. It's not like the 60s, by the way. It was sort of <laughs> early 2000s. Yeah. Had, had a great year doing that. And so realized, actually, I quite like doing the corporate recovery stuff. Mm -hmm. But as I say, the accountancy side of it, it just I, I kind of struggled with it. Yeah. And I'm always a bit, if I can't directly relate a return or see the point in something, I kind of switch off a little bit. Mm -hmm. That was that was how I used to be. Obviously, I've, I've got better, you know, consciously. But trying to teach me international tax regulations <laughs> was just, you know, it was hard. Yeah. It was hard. And um, but you put me in a tire factory in North Wales, and the boss, I'd be the one that would rock up in the sort of jeans and a hoodie. Everyone else would be in their suits and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And they go, right, Matt, go and figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'd be out there getting dirty, talking to people, and that's what I like doing. So. I say very commercial, very commercial, but also yeah. very interested in people and engaging yeah. with people and everything like that. So, so it got to a point with accountancy where enough was enough. When you know, you know whatever yeah. you want to say, and it was yeah. like this isn't going to be where I'm going to, you know, make, make how I want my life to be, and I need to be heading in a different direction. Became very interested in people. I say big reader of sports and psychology yeah. and things like that, and then. The, the, the coaching thing came about because it was a combination of helping people grow businesses mm -hmm. and getting the best out of people from an emotional and mindset perspective as well. So for me, it's it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Sure. Yeah. So I, I I do, you know, every day I'm 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 very grateful for what I do and what yeah. I get to do because it's work it's work and it's a business. But I I kind of really just really enjoy it. I really love it. So it's um very different to accountants. A lot of people said at the start, oh, it's so different to accountancy. Mm -hmm. But if I'd have chosen properly, or if not even if I'd have had a bit of advice, which I didn't at that age, yeah. I probably wouldn't have gone the accountant's direction anyway. Yeah. And But hey-ho, who knows? Yeah. Here's where we are now. But what you've discussed a few times in this episode alone around numbers and finance and business owners not understanding it, I guess the fact that you actually do have some accountancy background helps you be a little bit more informed. Yeah. So yeah. that is to your advantage, isn't it? It is, it is. And it's. Um, I think it's something that, I am probably, we call it unconsciously aware of, mm. that I can sort of look at a set of accounts still and look at yeah. a, a P&L or whatever and kind of get, a, and, and I know straight away, I was just really rubbish at 
doing them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like doing the stuff. I was like, well, no, give me a set of accounts and I and I can do it. And it does help. It, it really does yeah. help. Um, you know, to you know, business. We you know, as I said at the start, we always say to business owners, what do you want to achieve out of this business? Well, I want to go on holiday. I want this. I want that. And that there, a lot of that requires time, but also requires money. Yeah. yeah. So we've got to say, well, how does the business deliver that? And they said, well, I'm going to make 100 grand profit this year. So, well, hang on, but you're not because you've got to pay some tax on that. <laughs> and there's all these types of things come into it. So I'm able to help them actually structure it in a way where it kind of works. It's very hard to make things simple. Mm. It's the no, you know, I think Einstein, like, make things simpler, but no, as simple as possible, but no simpler. That was his quote. It's quite hard to do that, mm. but I try and do that with numbers for people mm. um, because it is a. So well, probably the one area that most business owners are like, oh, I don't like numbers, don't like bookkeeper. You know, the accountant tells me how much tax I've got to pay at the end of the year and all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You can't run a business that way. No. I don't think you can run a business that way at all. What have you found is the most sort of effective way for you to generate leads, to get Action Coach out there, yourself out there with your mm-hmm. personal brand? What sort of things do you find have been quite helpful along the way? Uh, we, tried, we tried quite a few things. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm always up for that. Uh, but the number one thing that, we, we've we've always I'll always say to anyone is get get me and the other coaches in front of people mm-hmm. so coaching is a very personal relationship and it's an yeah. investment of time but it's an investment in a relationship between between ourselves and the business owners yeah. I don't believe that um, it can be transactional mm-hmm. um, I think there's a lot out there of you just need to go on Facebook and Google coach and there's a lot of ads and all that stuff promising yeah. all this yeah. type of stuff a lot of coaches out there saying they can do things, and I'm sure I'm sure they can. But we we operate in a certain way. We, my philosophy is aligned with with Lawrence's, who who founded the business, um, who I, who I bought the business off, aligned with the team and the people that have worked with us with, with us over the years. Is that yeah, running a business is hard, but we should. It's one of Brad Sugars, who's the founder of Action Coach, his mm-hmm. quotes is like, "Being in business should give you more life." Mm-hmm. And we are we are about that. We do not sit here and go. You want to be a million? Here's our millionaires program because not everyone wants to be a millionaire. And what does it even mean? It's like a bit of a bullshit phrase. But mm-hmm. so we very much want to get in front of people, and everything that we do, everything that we try to do, I'll say, from a marketing perspective, aligns with that of this is who we are. Yeah. So we want people just to go, oh, that's quite interesting because I'm, I'm thinking this about my business, but I like the way you go about doing things. So when mm-hmm. we do events, we do them in like cool venues and venues that align to us yeah. that, that's not for everybody no. I'm, I'm actually all right with that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we don't want to work with everybody don't need to work with everybody don't want to work with everybody yeah there's some coaches out there that would be a lot better for a lot of business owners than than me because we're all different yeah. individuals yeah, yeah. but people and community focused marketing is where we get the best results okay the number one lead strategy generation strategy is referrals is people just talking about us and that's not mm-hmm. just the people mm-hmm. that we work with already it's other people who go that's good one would you get oh you know someone says oh, I'm, I'm struggling with this in my business and other people just say oh you want to speak to to matt lawrence and those guys at action coach loughborough mm-hmm. that's that's great and that is a slower burn strategy yeah that's getting yeah. out there talking to people and kind of proving yourself over time and that's what we'll always continue to do is um is do good fun events mm-hmm. that we like doing that, that bring people in front of us. Even yeah, yeah. we're looking obviously some marketing strategies with you guys at the moment. There will always be people focused mm-hmm. and we've done a few and I'll hold my hands up and I, I, I instinct in my head at the start, I thought this isn't us, mm-hmm. this isn't us. 
and we tried them and we always, I think you, you guys know you always try yeah. a new marketing strategy try it run it don't do it for yeah. one week and go it don't work exactly. Yeah, exactly. we were getting some leads from it and I just said this isn't right it's not what and it was a, it was a cold mailer strategy mm-hmm. which wasn't right for us mm-hmm. it was not right for us because I wouldn't do that if someone did it to me I wouldn't like it now it works for some people and I'm yeah. perfectly alright with that Yeah, absolutely alright with that but we, if, we, if I'm saying to somebody I can help make your life better by working with you on your business and then I'm being very that's a personal commitment mm-hmm. that I'm making mm-hmm. to somebody Yeah. and then my marketing approach is not personal Yeah. there's no congruence there is there so what we're looking at and what we will always try and do from a marketing perspective is create ways of communicating with business owners that align with who we are and what we're about. Mm-hmm. So even if I do a webinar, it's very much me, very minimal. There's some slides to support it, but I'm not just reciting. I know really small then. Mm-hmm. not just reciting <laughs> data and sure. giving lessons. I want people to be engaged and involved yeah. in it and be challenged and kind of yeah. be coached. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no point in someone thinking, "Oh, Matt's really nice, and he's just going to give me a load of information." Then they come on a coaching program with me, and I'm giving them a weird smile <laughs> and enjoying the fact that they're going through a bit of, and they're like, "Oh my god, on that webinar, you're really nice." So we have to be congruent with with yeah. what we do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the challenge for any business yeah. from a marketing perspective is you you guys must see it all the time. Mm. Oh, what are your current strategies? And oh yeah, we've got an advert in this and an advert in that, and like, well, how many leads do you get from that? I don't know actually, just always done it, haven't we? It's yeah. Like, oh great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so we, we we will consistently look for new ways of just talking and getting in front of more people. Yeah. Love that. We we've had similar conversations, haven't we, actually, in yeah. terms of like not wanting to work with everyone or needing yeah. to, I guess, to some extent. Because I mean we did our brand guidelines a while ago. Um we were talking about what our values were and what how we wanted to sort of communicate our personality for altitude and we sort of thought one point actually is, is this going to work? Is it not? And we thought, well, actually, if it doesn't work and the people that don't engage with it, well, they're not the people that we want to work with. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the people that do like it, well, they align with us. Yeah. That's, that's what we want at the end of the day. Yeah. For, um, for, a lot, you know. for a lot of businesses, if you, I tend to find if you said to them, you know, and bear in mind, say if, you, if business turns over 100 grand or over, so decent sized business, and say you've got a few people in the business, it could this, how many how many customers would really make a difference? New customers would really make a difference to your business this year. The number normally isn't that high. Mm. The number normally isn't that high. For some businesses, you said, if you gave me five people who spent 10 grand with me a year, that would make a fundamental shift to my business. So that if you take 80% of businesses in the UK turn over and a half million quid, so we're, we're in that level. Yeah. And then you said, so how does your marketing align with doing that? And nine times out of ten, they cannot answer that question. <laughs> they cannot answer that question. And then you said, well, who, who might those five be? And they can tell you, how does your marketing align with that? Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, it doesn't in any way. <laughs> and then you say, well, where, where might you find them? And they go, well, they all you know, drink in the Golden Goose on a Friday. Or they're in the golf club or something like that. So well, how much time do you spend talking to them? <laughs> oh, we don't do that. Yeah. So I'm not trying to simplify it, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to take away from any... Yeah. But yeah. When people realise that, as you know, and this is what you guys are so good at, is when you get people to realise that. I call it like the magic moment, and people go, "Yeah, oh yeah. right, that's 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 yeah. how it works." There's, there's there seems to be this this thing with marketing at the moment, and I think it's sort of aligns with what you're talking about. There is that people seem to have this perception of what marketing should be for their business mm-hmm. in terms of right. I know I need to post on Facebook. 
I know I need to probably put an email out or I need this going out and there. And they just follow the same steps that they see in every other business do. But like you said, they're not putting much thought into actually who am I trying to attract with this? Why am I attracting them? And where am I going to find them? You know, there's, there's so many different places, so many different avenues you can go down. And it's having that fundamental understanding of knowing where they are before anything. Yeah. You know, it's back to your point about, about the startup. You know, so yeah, okay, you want to be a whatever. You want to sell whatever you do. So scaffolding, IT, whatever it might be. Let's go, who are you doing it for? It's, and it's, it sounds such mm -hmm. an easy question to ask. Mm -hmm. But who are you there to serve? And be there, what do people say? Most B2B, other businesses. It's <laughs> like, well, yeah, you've got to be a little bit more specific than that. Yeah. And often it's that, you know, I've seen the way that you guys obviously on, on board and induct. It's getting the businesses to understand, almost to slow down. Yeah, yeah. Because half the time, again, they do the stupid stuff, and it's like, well, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing that, yeah, we're yeah. doing that. Like, well, why are you doing all that? Mm -hmm. And they don't know. Right. It's what they've always done, and it's one of my. That's why I like you know when obviously taking you know Tom through the journey, yeah. not taking him through, but supporting him on the journey of altitude and stuff. Because it's too many people don't get it. Business owners don't get it. Mm. I think a lot of marketing people don't get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really I do, and it it kind of frustrates me because I'm all right. <laughs> but you know, when when clients come to me or businesses come to me and they, and they say, "Oh, I've got I've got this marketing company," and I'm like, "Okay, cool. Like, how many leads do you get? Yeah. Like, well, what do you mean? So, how many like how many inquiries do you get? Like, you're spending five grand a month, yeah. so a decent amount of money. How, how many leads do you get from that?" Well, my Facebook reach is doing this. Like, <laughs> right, so I kind of, you know, you sort of bit, here we go again. Vanity yeah. metric straight away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. you know, just sort of, you know, and there's some SEO that they don't need or mm -hmm. some paid ad strategy or something like that. And you're going, you know, kind of almost great for the marketing company because yeah. they've got five grand retainer a month. But and that person, but that person don't know anything better. Exactly. They don't know anything better. So they're going along with it. Actually, it's only when someone else opens their eyes to actually, mm -hmm. well, okay, what 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 are you trying to achieve? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how can you do marketing without knowing what you want to achieve? Yeah, I thought so Tom's I, chomping at the bit to like jump in. <laughs> Honestly, this, this is exactly why we started Altitude because mm. there's a gap in the whole industry where people are just happy to take the five grand retainer and just make some figures up fancy on a bit of paper, but not actually look at going. Do you know what? I've delivered you fifty grand this month because we've done X, Y, and Z. Like that's why it excites us mm. um, and we're about plugging attitudes. But <laughs> I think one of the biggest things I learned from you, Matt, recently was a lot of businesses overlook what's right in front of them. Everyone wants a new business when mm. actually, like we did this on one of uh, my business previously where we had a thousand customers on a database we worked with over the last yeah. few years. And you said, well, how many have worked with over the last year? And we looked and it was literally a quarter mm. and we'd had our best year ever. And then the simple question is, okay, well, what if you work with the other three quarters? And they all spent mm. the same with you. And you're like, oh my God, there's the business that I want. It's already yeah. in front of me. And that's where a good marketing company would go, okay, how do we re-engage all of them? What's your referral process yeah. like? How often do you talk to them? Let's scrap everything that's all new business. Let's focus on the people that are in front of you because it's the quickest wins. Um, but that combined with reaching out, I think is the, the ultimate yeah. marketing strategy. A lot of it's there. As you say, yeah. it's already there. It's people we've known, lost prospects, mm -hmm. people lost customers. That re-engagement process is easier. For a lot of businesses as well, we're, we're sitting here now, as we look out the window, 
within a mile of this business, where we are now, there's yeah. probably enough businesses for both of our businesses to do really, you know, everything we'd want this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I look at that, I don't know that businesses. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> and so people are sort of, oh my God, you know, I'm going to branch out into like Birmingham or something, you know, I'm going to branch out because there's no, yeah. no one wants what I do. Yeah. And you go, well, I know for a fact, because I've got the data, there's 10,000 businesses in 10 miles of Loughborough. Now, some of them, you just go the sole traders, holding companies, cut out all of that type mm-hmm. of stuff. And you, and I know that there's about 4,000 businesses that, that could value from what I do. We got 50 of them at the moment. Mm-hmm. So we're at 1%, if that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Probably 0.1%, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're out there. Yeah, exactly. You know, and for most businesses, they're all out there. And they just, but they, they, I think called lazy marketing. Right, there's a thing called lazy marketing where it's like I want to be this. There's no work out there for me, and they're just like giving it to someone else. Yeah, I'm gonna put an ad there. I'm paying someone to do my Facebook for me. Yeah, and none of it works. No one's rubbish. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go and look somewhere else. <laughs> and it's actually like let's hold up the mirror and go, come on, mate, get yeah. yeah, get get yourself in front of who you need to be in front of. Yeah, there seems to be this thing still, doesn't there? Of you know, if I build it, they'll come. Mm. And that mentality needs to shift, yeah, massive. because it's not the case anymore. Yeah. I mean, the way digital has evolved over the past three years alone, you know, if you're not putting in a conscious, huge effort into your digital presence, it, you're going to make life so hard for yourself. Yeah. You can't just expect business to come. And I think sometimes, like you said, Tom, it is there in front of you. You've just got to open your eyes. Yeah. Mm. Um, but occasionally it's there. To, you've got to go and hunt for it. It's no good sitting there and, and feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. Get out there and find it. You know, drag them in by the collar if you have to. Mm-hmm. You know, get them in. Yeah, it, I mean, there's often if people are a bit stuck, there's, there's sort of three questions I tend to go for, and one is like, well, tell, just tell me why you started the business in the first place, because it kind of reengages that motivation. Because yeah. people often lose that, and that's yeah. that's yeah. fine. So, well, why did you start the business in the first place? Because they they knew, they often sometimes they saw a gap. Sometimes it was like I thought my life could be better. I didn't want a job, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't care what it is, but reconnect with that. You then say so. So what makes you different? You know, what, what, well, I'm really good at this and I'm really good. And you get all the stuff, like, I'm really experienced and I'm really skilled and all that type of rubbish. Yeah. And you pick down the layers and then you, you start to identify that, you know, call it USP, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, but why, why should anyone care about what you do? And that, then, you, then you get them. Because it's like, <laughs> oh. Because if you can't answer that, what, you know, the, the, you unpick that, mm. how much easier does marketing become? Interesting. It becomes so much easier then because it's like, ah, oh, because I'm this. Mm. You know, I call myself the business family guy for a while. People like it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. People like it yeah, because yeah. I don't know where it came from, to be honest. Um, and then, but then people sort of relate to it mm-hmm. and it, it creates all sorts because, you know, the, my LinkedIn thing is me with the kids. Now, that's not for everybody and I'm all right with that. But it just became a known thing and it's like people go, oh, so you actually, I try to be as congruent as I can with, yeah. with, with that, call it a brand, whatever you want to call yeah. it, you know. But I try to be as congruent with it so people go, oh, actually, they take notice. Mm-hmm. As soon as they take a little bit of notice, that's the start of the journey to, to get them in. But too many people don't get noticed. They think, as you say, just because they exist, people are going to, the orders mm-hmm. are going to come in. Yeah. So, well, I'm, you know, the most experienced, I'm thinking of uh, somebody now, the experienced uh, window cleaner in Syston. Okay. So what? And that, that's what I was saying. It, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's yeah, quite a provocative yeah. question, yeah. That, quite a provocative thing. But I said, so what? Why should anyone care about the fact that you've got twenty five years experience? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And then you're into the realms of saying, so how do you differentiate? And that's where guys like you can do your magic, you know, brand or, or whatever it might be, the strategies that work. Because yeah. you often say to them, where do you get most of your work from? Mm-hmm. And they'll say something like, oh, we get loads from um, uh, football clubs, just say. Mm-hmm. I happen to do football clubs, I play football. Oh. How many football clubs are there in around Leicester or in around Slyston? There's a lot. Okay, there's a lot. <laughs> I, I don't know the number, but just imagine. <laughs> I was waiting for it to pull a stat yeah, out there. Yeah, there's then. a lot. Okay, <laughs> how many of them have you spoken to mm-hmm. to say I specialise in that? Yeah, and they go none. Right. So, it sounds simple, mm-hmm. but as I said earlier, people get stuck in the sort of rut, the day to day. I'm going to be busy. Yeah. I'm going to work seventy hours yeah. and wonder why they're staying, you know, stagnant, or they realise yeah. that they don't like the business anymore. I, th- I think people are so stuck in their habits of just saying things like, I've got 25 years experience, it's a family owned business for 100 years, mm. you know, I've got five star reviews, this, that and the other, that they don't actually drill down into what makes them them. Yeah. And for us in our first, I don't know if we have a strategy meeting with someone, we try and do something similar with that and just try and drill down to who they actually are, mm. what makes them tick, because at the end of the day, that's what we're going to be marketing. Yeah. You know, it's like when we sat down with you initially and then the conversations George has had with you, it's, well, what are you about? You know, what can we shout about? What? How are we going to put Matt Bull out there? You know, we can't just put, he's a great business coach with 30 years experience and he likes his family time. Yeah. There's so much more to it. Exactly. You know. Um, and, that, and that has been, you know, I think that's the the challenge, you know, for any, yeah. for any business. Yeah, but certainly definitely. something that I've, I've, I have sort of found is how do you get that that balance right mm-hmm. and, and sort of yeah. it's because you because know, I'm we're a coaching firm it's not yeah. just me so I've always been that sort of well yeah I want to be a thought leader yeah but I don't want people to think that I'm I'm the only coach you've got a team yeah, of yeah, amazing yeah. coaches yeah. who work with us now and I'm not right for everybody either sometimes we're like oh, you'll be better with Kerry you'll be better with Lawrence whatever mm-hmm. sometimes like actually I just don't think we should work with each other but <laughs> either way um, it's, it's getting the balance right and that's what yeah. you guys have been good at is sort of getting you know there's a business but actually Matt you've got some good stuff to talk about as well because mm-hmm. I need to be the face of the business as well as yeah. sort of the face of me and what I believe life is like because not everyone agrees with me and that's yeah. that's alright as well yeah. I guess do you actually see particular trends emerging with your coaching is there like a a flurry for a couple of months with one particular subject that business owners complain about or something different another month <laughs> The last four years have been pretty tough for business owners, mm-hmm. full stop, mm-hmm. three or four years. And, you know, obviously, lockdown. Yeah. And that was huge, huge amounts yeah. of pressure on business owners. We supported we supported loads through the community and, and everything like that. The ones that kept going with us are better than, better than they ever were. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said there for the sort of that resilience and perseverance about keeping going. I think a lot of people went into last year thinking, got over it. Anyone like that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's almost a bounce back, a bit of delayed reaction post lockdowns, yeah. stress disorder, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people thought it's going to be easy, and you get wars and you get all sorts going on, and you, you get a choice about how you react to things. We all we all do. There's a mindset piece associated with that. Yeah. So there's definitely there's two key trends I'm seeing at the moment, right? One is. Um, younger businesses going let's go after it like it's the best time to be in business ever okay and bear in mind i'll acknowledge now we're a growth organization so we inevitably 
our, our minds and we're tuned in to that that sort of type of behavior yeah. i know there's a lot of business owners really struggling at the moment i'm not mm -hmm. saying that doesn't exist i'm not like blinkered mm -hmm. but a lot of business owners come to us going right i'm on it we're going after it like you guys we are yeah. going after it we yeah. are growing people there's still businesses out there right you can read the news as much as you want there's still business out there still growing the economy's shifting in how it operates mm -hmm. but there's still a lot of businesses out there making a hell of a lot of money really busy that need what you do you too what i do and what yeah. every business around here does yeah. you gotta find them so there's that bit the other key trend at the moment is what, what i like the baby boomers so which i think forget i think it's sort of like <laughs> over 55 type you uh -huh. know that there who've had a nice lifestyle business up to um three years ago then lockdown happens mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. it's kind yeah. of like oh my god like well, how am I keeping keep my business? And actually then they were obviously with support, they're allowed to, to keep afloat and what have you. Sure. Um, and actually a lot of businesses would, would, were able to continue continue trading. But it gave people a chance to step away from the business. And I, I, anecdotally, I've had conversations with them, say, it's actually quite nice to go home and spend some time in the garden and spend some time with my wife and see my grandkids and stuff like that. And then they sort of got over it and they're thinking, all oh, right, I wonder what I could do with my business. And then last year happens and there's like talk of recession and all this. Yeah. And they're kind of going, oh my God, like I've done, I've had enough. So I see a massive, we've seen big demand towards the end of last year and already this year of people saying, is my business worth anything? Can I actually exit it and get some value for it? Because I've worked in it for 30, 40 years. Um, it feels like a lot of work just to step away and with, with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you've had a nice income or living over time. But, and often there's a lot of value sitting there that, that they, they don't realize. Yeah. So that's certainly a big push for us this year. And me with my deals background is going to be supporting people through that to go, look, don't just jack it in. Don't just shut the doors and pay everyone off. Let's work together. Detach you from the business a little bit. You know, get people that delegation piece, like we said at the start, yeah. Yeah. and actually get people some value out of, you know, 30, 40 years of work. Mm. So that's, that's, that's huge at the moment. Um, and we'll, we'll be supporting that with some some specific programs there'll always be startups coming through as well um i don't know what we'll do with that do people want to start a business at the moment i don't know if i think a lot of people maybe thought about it in lockdown then it was actually i've got a job mm -hmm. i'm going to keep it stable yeah yeah um and then i think people maybe were thinking about it when things got stable but things haven't got stable no. <laughs> will they ever be stable yeah. you know yeah. what's the one thing that you're certain of and that's uncertainty mm -hmm. so key bit High growth, people going after it, reacting to what's happening in the economy, and the other bit is is exit. That's the big big thing we're seeing at the moment. So I think you're you're in a prime position as a as a business coach because you've got like you say business like attitude that we're on a high growth trajectory mm -hmm. with acquisitions as part of our growth strategy. Yeah. So you're almost like pushing us towards well buy that one buy that one yeah. but also on the flip side we'll sell this for that and you'll make that and I know someone actually might be interested in buying you. I think. It's an awesome position to be in. Yeah. My coach said to me, isn't that interesting, Matt, that you're tuned in to high growth businesses that are out there and people are doing exits and who am I working with? High growth businesses and people <laughs> looking to exit. Because mm -hmm. that that's, mm -hmm. that's who yeah. I've tuned into. Yeah. So if we're not tuned into anything, if I'm just tuned into helping business owners, for example, mm -hmm. I'm on that spray and pray, that sort of like, well, let's just throw a load of stuff out there yeah. and see yeah. what sticks. Yeah, yeah. But actually, five high growth businesses and five exits and i'm like for me personally i'm sweet like for the yeah, business yeah, we want yeah. more than that exactly. are there five businesses within one mile of here where the business owner is thinking of exiting 
yeah, there chances are. are yeah, they are. And our job, you're the marketing guys yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. is to find, find them, them and put yeah. stuff in front of them Absolutely. and makes them go, oh, yeah, he gets me. Yeah. And actually, I quite like the way he talks about what yeah. he does. He knows what he's talking about. And I think I could work with him. Let me take that first step. Yeah. And if we can do that, we're, we're, we're you know, it's on, isn't it? Is that why we work with porn stars and OnlyFans accounts? Yeah. Because that's what we've just naturally gravitated towards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to clarify, that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We wish yeah. it was. But... Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Laura have something to say. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's very lucrative, I hear. Yeah, I, yeah, I've heard similar. Uh, yeah, that's a conversation for yeah when the mics are off. <laughs> um, I think a big key that you you touched on super briefly um but is is massive is the mindset piece mm. I and mean, we could probably do like a full day yeah, on mindset yeah. but that 100% got us through the the lockdown period mm. because it was a case of yes you've got to shut the shop or your business is going to shut down but you you said to us well what can you do that was massive and now I, I use that with everything so my wife has her own business when she has a bad day or she's having a bit of a wobble it's like well right what can we do not oh my god this is terrible it's mm -hmm. like okay let's look at the positives let's look at what we can change and actually work in our favor is that something that you do naturally or does it come after a bit of a wobble i do it naturally i find and apparently it's a gift um not many people have it apparently um okay. which it frustrates the hell out of me when i can't <laughs> when other people can't see it and i'm just yeah. like how do you yeah. not see that yeah but at the same time like i'm, tr I'm slowly self-awareness is getting better and i kind of sure. understanding that now and don't get as frustrated <laughs> and like taking lessons from matt in terms of how to then coach people to see that mm -hmm. is more fun i mean it i think the key thing with it, as you said it is it, for a lot of people it's a learned it's a learned skill mm. something like that <clears throat> but also it just comes from an awareness piece that yeah you know, our emotions don't dictate our identity mm. so what that means is that just because i feel frustrated or doubt or fear doesn't mean that i am fear yeah yeah or yeah. anything or doubt i'm not that's not me yeah. and i i to really i to, i work on this to say i got given a book when i was yeah. working on a yacht in australia it's called rich dad poor dad and I, since then, I, you know, I, you know, one for a different podcast, but I was, you know, my twenties, like, I wasn't mm -hmm. I, no, really unclear about who I wanted to be, you yeah. know, what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be and what I was about. And I had to do quite a lot of, you know, soul searching, yeah, whatever sure. you want on it. Um, but, the, but learning that actually, because I feel something, the emotion is just almost like a, a sign mm -hmm. of one of the 80,000 emotions and thoughts that we have a day and going, oh, that's interesting. I was very good at letting that dictate mm -hmm. my mindset. And therefore, yeah. my mindset dictates your actions and all yeah, and all yeah. that. Yeah. So, as a business owner, be, being aware that, you know, oh my God, I feel this. Oh, we just have to just do that thing. Go. So what? Mm -hmm. oh, God, it is it is a risk I'm taking by setting up a business. Actually, okay, mm -hmm. it's risky. If I said to you now, like, why don't we just climb out on that windowsill? You'd go, it's risky. Mm. We go, okay. So what can we do to mitigate the risk? Yeah, yeah. And we'd figure some stuff out. Same thing running a business. You have to go, what's the risk associated here? Okay, what can we do to either mitigate the risk or take action mm -hmm. that's going to avoid that potential risk? Yeah. So it's it's mindset is, is so important. I mean, yeah. I could I ask sort of the the I always every now and again ask the clients, I've been working with some clients now for three or four years. And um I say, What's the one thing you reckon? Because I you know, I've three or four years, but they've been in business for sort of thirty years, thirty, mm -hmm. forty years. So so I'm sort of getting them and help helping them exit. 
and they'll say you you just got to keep going you just got to keep going and that that is that's the mindset mm-hmm. when yeah. you think when like and bear in mind some i've you know the guys who are, who've been trading for 30 years have been through recessions you know we've had proper we've looked at cash flows and gone you know with my insolvency background i've kind of gone how did you survive yeah literally yeah, yeah. and even like sometimes even coaching them going <laughs> wow like, we've got a we've got a challenge here you know it's yeah. a turnaround scenario you, you get a bad debt and a big business that's 200 grand and suddenly yeah. that comes out of a cash flow mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it has an impact and then yeah. you, you you don't need the they don't need cash flow modeling then mm-hmm. you can see that it's, <laughs> it's, it looks pretty shit yeah but then i then i've got to flip into well, what, what you know and then in my head thinking well how do i get this person through it yeah 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 and I, it's a, it's a different way. It's a different way of coaching. I get that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will be like, build the plan, build the plan, show them how they can make a million quid, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I want to know that that person wants to make a million quid. Yeah. So I'll unpick the individual first and get the individual clear. Now that's a slower start, but it's better in the long term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I know people have I've speak to them. No, no one I work with, but prospects, and they don't want the business. Mm-hmm. you can tell they don't yeah. want a business no, they, they've got there. a business but actually do they really want to go through it and go through the journey and I think coaches are some sort of magicians who can just go do this do that and it'll be alright <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not yeah. about what you do it's who you, we call it be do have like you got to if you want stuff if you want to have stuff you got to do stuff yeah. obvious if it's easy as that you just buy a book and everyone will be doing whatever it's who you become and people don't want to go through that growth journey they don't want to feel the pain they don't mm-hmm. want to feel Mm-hmm. They don't want the lows. They don't want the sleepless nights. They just they want think, the highs. Yeah, and it doesn't work like that. Mm. And your business can't outgrow you. If you're a hundred grand startup and you think like a hundred grand startup, guess what? You, you could do well to get over a hundred grand. Yeah. yeah, he's putting it, Tom. Now, for those of you that can't see us, <laughs> which is all of you, um, <laughs> he's not thinking like a hundred grand, two hundred grand. He's thinking like a million pound turnover business owner. Yeah. So the business has to catch up. And that's that's my my job as his coach, him and Laura through that. Can you give me a nudge me as close to it for my one to one for my salary request? Yeah, yeah, we've already planned that, don't we? <laughs> 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 you won't be here then. <laughs> yeah. That detachment piece. Um, I've, I've been thinking about this for for a couple of months actually, because you've seen how our office works and mm. how we all are with each other, and how close Tom and Laura work alongside everyone. Mm. So my my thoughts of what if something was to happen or something negative, something you know not great, like how would you detach from that time? Do you think you? It's a really hard question. I'm really sorry. I'm putting you right on the spot, but <laughs> you know because we are really close. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would imagine that would be a very very difficult thing to have to have that conversation. And I guess that's the same for a lot of small mm-hmm. to medium sized businesses that do have that closeness. Um, is there any sort of, I guess, advice around that or? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so we get it a lot. My phone will ring, and because we, you know, we have sessions, but sort of not on call as such. But people sometimes ring with issues, and I won't answer it. Um, there's a reason for that. I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> you know, it's just about. You never take my call. I was going to say it because it's Tom's name <laughs> on the screen. I'll tell you why. It's, it's a really good tip for anyone. It's because it's, it's about the dynamic of the conversation. Sure. So if I answer the phone, who's in charge of the conversation? The person who's called yeah. me. Okay, so I'm calling them back. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'll call them back also when I don't know what the person's ringing me about. Mm-hmm. So I've got to be, and especially if it's a client, so I work, I will call them when I know I can, if I'm, I'm there. Okay. Because I don't know what it's going to be about. So it might be, do you want to go for a beer? Someone's ringing me, but I don't know that. It might be like, oh my God, this has happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, 
making a cup of tea or something i don't think that's fair on the individual and that's not my commitment to my clients yeah, yeah. so there's that bit to it but when things kick off i want people to express it and express everything and then i'm like right don't do anything for 24 hours <laughs> okay don't do anything because 100 percent the next day you'll think about it differently hmm. so true 100 yeah. percent. because yeah. what's our, our our body's primary focus is on survival yeah. fight or flight yeah so that's what we kick into yeah i bet you sit then you have the sleep or you go away from it and you come back and you go most people go oh my god i can't believe i was thinking of doing that i was thinking of sacking them or i was thinking of having a go with them or something like that and you go yeah because actually when the the, the reality is, is there in front of you yeah without the fight or flight and the adrenaline going yeah. you go oh actually it's not that bad is it and I, i've learned that because i've had a few you know i remember can remember some times pwc days when i left pwc where i, I, I kind of reacted in the moment mm-hmm. and I, I could vividly remember them they great lessons because mm-hmm. didn't get the desired outcome and it made me look a bit of an idiot mm. so yeah I, I always give it time yeah your initial reaction will not be your final reaction mm-hmm. definitely yeah knee jerk's always the wrong way isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just, just something i'm thinking about just i don't yeah. know why it's popped into my head recently yeah, yeah, but no. it's just just wondered how difficult that would be but you you'll kind of but, see it with us in terms of from an internal point of view like we'll we are slowly detaching ourselves but mm. in the right way. Like we're still yeah. open door, you still talk to us, but we are a small team at the moment. But yeah. as we grow, someone said to me the other day, like what what does that culture look like when you are when you're at 30, 40, 50 people? Mm-hmm. You, you can't have an open door policy for everybody because you you won't get anything done. Yeah. Um, but I think what we're trying to do is build that culture into all the levels of whatever management team we have, whatever foundations we have, so yeah. that it's already gone three, four, five people before we need to talk to mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to, to all to step in. Um, but we don't ever want to detach ourselves fully. That's yeah. not the point of what we're here yeah, for. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But those, though, but the, the interesting bit of that is that what, if you've got values, which are the sort of commitment to each other and how we want to operate, mm. the behaviors are how they manifest themselves in, in the day to day. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if we were to, if I see, show you some books or, or documentaries about like the Navy SEALs or about high performing sports teams. Yeah, there's how we're going to do it. They also have the how do we behave when things go wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like yeah. the pre-mortem bit. So yeah, like, yeah. Actually, what yeah. happens if like we have a little fallout? Yeah, we don't. Yeah, so that's it's a really good point because mm-hmm. a lot of teams don't think about that type of stuff. I'd say Navy SEALs do mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. football teams do and all that type of stuff. They're thinking when that happens, here's how we react. Mm-hmm. Here's how we respond to each other. And they're straight back in the meeting room to say, here's what's done. Rather than that, I'm not saying it here, obviously, but, oh, you know, there were a few words yesterday and <laughs> it's a yeah. bit awkward going into yeah. work and yeah, I've had a sleepless yeah. night and all that type <laughs> of stuff. Actually, no, what we do is after that, if we just come in the next day and the first thing we do is we're going to have a coffee and yeah. get over it. Yeah. Happy days. Oh, my God, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Guess what I can get on with doing my job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point. Too many people, too many organisations don't have that, yeah. that level of thinking. Yeah. Does Matt have a question for us? Oh yes, Ooh, I do. Don't make it too difficult there. <laughs> so it's spelled F A C E B O O K. What What do you think is the the biggest mistake <clears throat> that people make with their marketing? I have an answer straight away. So do I. But you go. For no, that. no, no. I've been. I've talked a lot in this podcast. <laughs> you, okay. you go. Um, of thinking of, of they try one strategy once and turn out it doesn't work mm. but there's so many variables 
that could have caused it not to work. Yeah. Um, it's the simplest. There's, there's many things that people mm. do, do wrong, but that was my first one. Yeah. yeah. Mine is doing too much too soon on as many platforms as you yeah. can get their hands on. Yeah. And we see it a lot. You, there'll be Twitter accounts, Facebook accounts, Instagram, YouTube, email campaigns, direct mail, website. And there'll be so many activities on. Mm. How can you dedicate enough time to manage them effectively? Choose the three, four that you're good at, yeah. focus on them, build your platform there. Yeah. It's true. We did Business and Breakfast is one of our networking events that we do um, just in, in, in town. And uh, February, I was looking at the, the stats today, actually. So I was looking at uh, February this year, the bill for that for me was £14. And I was there, and I think there were three other people there. Okay? Oh, okay. So it was kind of like, that, that was the size of it. Yeah. You'd look at anyone, not anyone, a lot of people look at that and go, that's a pointless, pointless exercise. But yeah. Consistently show up in a way that people can relate to, what yeah. we were saying earlier. Yeah. And now it's 30 registrations. We put on November, right? 30 registrations, 20 turn up. And it's great. And we get leads out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that In February and March, a lot of people would have gone, oh, that's a pointless strategy. Mm-hmm. It was consistent in where it was, consistent in what it was, consistent in yeah. who it was for. Mm-hmm. We didn't yeah. tweak it and suddenly say, Matt's going to do a presentation or any of that type of yeah. stuff. It was come for a coffee and do some networking. Yeah. As simple as that. And now it works. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's exactly it. Yeah. Exactly and it. I like that approach. Just, just, I'm going to plug you for a minute, but business and beers. I really enjoy them evenings. I think that... Tom gets the credit for that. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank, I it's like, you know, Richard Branson back in the day <laughs> when, he was, when he was with us. He said, what we're going to do is we're going to hire out a pub and we're going to invite people along. I mean, I was like, are we doing a presentation? He goes, nope, we're just going to get them in and we're just going to talk, but you've got to buy the beers. And we're like, okay. Yeah, we do that. And it was awesome. Well, it, we yeah. did the thing. Like, what, do you, what do you guys enjoy? You and Lawrence, it was rugby and beer. Yeah. I was like, well, surely if we put out there, there's going to be loads of business owners that enjoy rugby well, and beer. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get That's like it. what yeah. I describe as the, the magic moment. Uh-huh. Okay, when people that we work with, they go, got a really good lead the other day or really good to sign a good, really good customer and I go, oh where'd you meet him and it's like in the golf somewhere random golf course or whatever you know <laughs> and they go isn't that interesting that your target market how many other people are like that there and they mm-hmm. go oh quite a lot actually yeah. and that's the magic moment because you go ah yeah, yeah. oh, why don't we do our marketing where the people we want to work with actually are <laughs> oh isn't that a novel idea and that was what business and beers was yeah yeah because the people we, we work well with enjoy that type of stuff and it's not yeah. about not be funny it's not about the beer or anything like that it's about realizing that actually a bit of socializing a bit of fun is good yeah, yeah as, as yeah. by being a bit as part of being a business owner yeah. not just flogging it away and then you know thinking life's rubbish we seem to about. talk about this in every podcast episode but you know what that's come down to yet again and we've spoke to what a dozen or so guests i think at this point is it comes down to two things or they could be the same thing really relationships and people mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what it's coming back to every single time. But I do love with both, you know, business of breakfast, business mm. of beers, that it is that just come down. There's yeah. no structure. Grab a drink, grab a bite of food, talk to some people and yeah, have a good good night. And whether that turns into leads or not, you'll have you'll have grown in some way. Yeah. You know, you'll have had a good experience, yeah. you'll have had fun, even if it's just to let your hair down. Yep. If you get a lead out of that, I see that as a as a bonus. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's no, um yeah. Should we plug it? Where yeah, is, yeah, where oh, is it, Matt? yeah. Tell us, yeah. tell us where they both are. The business and beers is at Peter Pizza on Baxter Gate, just over the road from here. That is bi-monthly. Next one's in February. 
check out Eventbrite and Action Coach Loughborough.co.uk. Cool. Nice. Business and Breakfast is every month at Public and Plants, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is in the Old Arts College in Loughborough by Sainsbury's. That's monthly, first Friday of each month. Cool. We will be taking Business and Beers on tour. Oh, it's like a book 2023. <laughs> on so, the same uh, night. <laughs> we'll be branching branching uh, west to Ashby. Oh, nice. cool. So uh, we've got we've got quite a few people we're working with over there. Nice. Um, so yeah, as as great marketing people would advise, yeah. go where your target market is. Yeah. So we'll be taking that out there. But they they're great events because I get to rock up and there's people in the room and we have a nice chat and a beer and a bit of pizza and then sweet. Questionable questions. Questionable questions. Tea or coffee? Depends what time of day. Go on. Two coffees in the morning before 10 o'clock, one cup of tea in the afternoon. Okay. Structured? Yeah. Most embarrassing thing in your search history right now? Wow, that's an interesting question. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't get embarrassed easily. Um, <laughs> I think he's just stalling because yeah. it's going to. Do I say that? No, or do I, I mean, not? There's weird stuff. Oh, uh, oh. Like, I, I'm one of these people. Like, if I think of something, I instinctively just Google it to to do some research. Go on, then. What's a weird thing? Um, I was researching um, drain chambers. For um, how you would interconnect different water feeds. Nice. Um, and here I was thinking that was boring. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. What I realised is quite interesting. Is I used to I used to quite like doing DIY. Okay. Then I stopped doing it, and then I read an article somewhere that was about how DIY is a skill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I thought I'm going to get better at that. So now instead of just thinking we should get that fixed, I've now create time to think. I wonder how I can fix that. Okay. So I rewired a light the other day. Well done. And then put that up. And, and you're still alive. Just yeah. I mean, everyone seems all right. Kids are still. Yeah. <laughs> kids still bring me. Does, does it turn on? <laughs> it turns. Yeah. Turn. Um, but yeah, drain, drainage chamber. Nice. Fair enough. I'm sure there's some other weird stuff. I've got my phone out now. <laughs> <laughs> that might be for another episode. Yeah. Um, favorite children's film. Children's film. That I watched, or just generally, bear in mind I watch a lot of kids' films at the moment. Just your favourite one that you've seen, past, present, future. Well, obviously mm. not future. It's a good, these are good questions. Mm. I like a bit of Toy Story. Does Dumb and Dumber count as a children's film? <laughs> I think so. Is it? Is it a PG? I don't know. But I, I mean, I've shown yeah. shown all my kids it. Yeah, so, I think it's I mean, PG. That is I think it's a kids my favourite film. film of all time. Yeah. I love Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. So yeah, it was a very. I think I nearly shed a tear when I showed it to my kids and we sat down because they found, they found it funny. And I was like, yeah. You've, you've raised that, them right. You've got that gene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've played drums for years and when my nine-year-old son approached me a few weeks ago and said, Daddy, can I learn the guitar? I nearly spat my dinner out. <laughs> Hit me drumstick. Yeah. <laughs> you will learn. Um, what's your favourite smell? Um, the sea. Oh, that's good. Nice. Yeah. yeah, like if I don't, I get weird what, withdrawal symptoms if about, after about eight weeks. Mm. I often feel a bit, oh, what's going on? And then I can pinpoint it. Um, so we, we spend quite a lot of time over in Norfolk. Oh. So in half term, 
we'll just go there. And sometimes if, if Natalie's working at the weekends, I'll just drive to Norfolk for the day and back. I take the kids. Okay. I don't just leave them at home. Smell the sea and come home. Speak amongst yourselves, lads. Go for a walk for like two hours, go and have a bit of lunch, and I'll drive home. What? That is cool. What's your favourite swear word? Um, oh, just for fuck's sake. Fuck's sake. I, I, I say that a lot. Yeah. You actually say that a lot. Yeah. 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 I, um, it's sort of just, I don't know. Yeah. It's versatile though, isn't it? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, anything. Yeah, TV doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. You know, one of the kids left the socks. I'm like, oh, it's almost yeah. like I can say it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't even need to say the word for. You just roll the F. <laughs> yeah. And it becomes, yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a slang. Um, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? And uh, oh, okay, you don't get embarrassed easily, okay? So, what's the weirdest thing you've ever done? <laughs> <laughs> I said to you earlier, like my twenties, there was quite a lot going on. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've like used to play rugby in Hong Kong in a tournament. Kind of like. Either ran a, I remember running across the pitch naked. <laughs> you could have just stopped the rugby in Hong you Kong. Could have done, like, that's, pretty cool. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool in itself. Um, <laughs> no, we had to go with a naked. I say there's, but yeah, there's some pretty interesting. I'm sure, like my friends could produce some <laughs> a lot funnier stories of. Well, if you share this episode things. to them and get us get them to write into hello at yeah. altitudemarketing.co.uk. Yeah, because yeah I've to read. lost on stag do's quite a few times. <laughs> that's not ideal. No, 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 no. Um, weird stuff. Yeah, weird, weird's an interesting word. You know, we're all, well, it's subjective, we're, we're isn't all it? We're weird in our own way. Yeah. You know, what, what I think is hilarious, so that people might be like, that's not funny at all. <laughs> yeah. I spend yeah. more time in the office laughing at my own jokes than anyone else does. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's very true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. We're allowed one item, one place. Yeah. What are they and why? One item. Can I, take, can I, have, can I have a phone? Yeah, bear in mind you've got to defend yourself with this. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in that scenario, I just want to enjoy myself. I don't know how much I'd focus on the, the element of defence. Okay. You'd have to wait, wouldn't you? Go, like, look, if I'm going to die anyway, I'm going to enjoy it for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'd have the phone. One place to go. Yeah, like to stay. Anywhere oh, I'd in just the world. go to the Woodies in Rosalie, the pub. <laughs> Oh, okay. This this is like hot fuzz, essentially. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, go to the yeah, Winchester, yeah, wait for it all to blow over. Go to that pub and drink. Just drink. Nice. I, I, I will carry it. That's, assuming that's me on my own. If I have my family, take me more. I take them to the pub as well. <laughs> yeah. I let them all drink. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, look, you're only nine. You've not had a chance to drink yet. It's happening. Go for it. Get involved. What do you want? Guinness or what? <laughs> Just don't tell your mum. Because yeah. if there's zombies killer, yeah, she will. She's in the top bar drinking gin and tonic. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's do a couple more and then we'll wrap up. Um, what's your best chat up line? Um... <laughs> well, Martin, what do you do? I, I, I... I, uh, why don't you tell me something about yourself? Okay. <laughs> With that face. No, not that. <laughs> that'd be weird. That'd be really weird. Just so him in the uh, no, because I was thinking about it. You ask me a question like that out of the blue, right? I'm trying to think back to the last time I used the chat. <laughs> which say. is like... How long have I been with Natalie for? Like, yeah, got to be careful. 17 years. Blimey. So... 
um, yeah, something along those lines of, you know, why don't you tell me a bit about yourself or, but asking questions. Yeah. yeah there okay. was never a sort of like, you know, oh, you know, you fell from the moon or whatever. <laughs> okay, last one. Tell us a joke. Oh. You can't say Tom Bates. <laughs> joke. <laughs> I'm rubbish. You know what? I've always been rubbish at remembering jokes. Yeah, and yeah. I'm also thinking of some that would be remotely broadcastable in any way. What do you call it? Blow the seagull on his head. Cliff. <laughs> Those types of ones are quite like. Dad jokes are the best. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty good at them. Okay. Um, but no, I can't think of one. <laughs> well, on that disappointing note. <laughs> <laughs> it's been lovely having you on, Matt. Thank you, you know, very much for coming on. It's been awesome. Really, really great chat. Absolute pleasure. Good to talk to you both. Yeah, Love what you're doing man. with this. Love what you're doing with this. And yeah, keep going. Get, get, um, see it. Definitely. As big as Diary of a CEO. <laughs> Stephen, we're coming for you. Yeah, yeah oh, we are. We are. <laughs> Thanks again, and hopefully, we'll see you on a future episode, Matt.